0: Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. So we're in First Peter, uh, First Peter one. You remember it was. I'm just going to go quickly through just the highlights of these chapters so that we can move into Chapter four. In chapter one, it was a living hope. Our living hope is the person of Jesus Christ who was dead and lives forevermore. And because he lives forever, that hope we have is immovable and can never be challenged. And when we set our hope on him, we therefore cannot be moved. It's not a wish, like, oh, I hope so. It's like, no, I'm not even standing in my own strength on it. It's because of him. And we stand in that living hope. Chapter 2, Living Stones. Pastor Kirk taught on this. That we are all living stones being built up into the church. One by one. Brick by brick. And the whole theme of that was, is that it's better together than alone. Amen. And then last week, Pastor Bish taught on hope holders. And how important it is to have an answer to anyone who comes up to and asks us about our life and, and, and the difference that there is. But if they're not asking, is it maybe because we're too much like them? You know, there's that saying that if you're not meeting the devil head on, it's possible he's walking right beside you. That's a challenge. That's a challenge for all of us, Right? So share your faith. You don't need to have a theological understanding of Scripture. The greatest testimony you can have, like, who can deny that presence? You carry that presence of God wherever you go. All it needs to be is, you know what? Hey, man, I was this before I met Jesus, and now today I'm a different person. That testimony coming out of a genuine lips will demolish the strongholds in people. It's as simple as that. So today, we're going to be talking about 1 Peter 4. Let your gifts flow. Even in the midst of us suffering, we can let our gifts flow out of us so that we don't hold back our hand of love and help, but we stretch it out in spite of our present suffering. Let's just pray quick. Father, we, we thank you for the immense revelation that you are pouring forth in this church in every avenue. From, from the greeters, from, from everyone, we are all those living stones building this church. But I ask you this morning that this message would be totally in your power. That it would be of what you want to say this morning. And we're leaning on that Lord, and we're trusting that, and we believe that you are releasing end time empowerment for your church to be awake, aware, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. So, fear, f- fierce, yeah, it, yeah. First Peter four seven to eleven. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch. Unto prayer and above all things have fervent love amongst yourselves. For love shall cover the multitude of sins, use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man has received the gift. Even so, minister the same one to another as God stewards the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, whom praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) So verse 7, by the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So what Peter's talking about here, about the end, it's not only about the end, about Christ coming, the, the, the eminence of, of Christ's return. Even then, they knew and they, they sensed that. That's because their heart was, was prepared and just ready and waiting. Not only that, this letter was written in about 64 AD. And Jesus prophesied that the, the, the temple was gonna be destroyed. And within a few short years, in 70 AD, that temple was destroyed. It was the end Of the traditional Jewish worship and sacrifice. It ended. And the thing about that is. Is that they were blaming the Christians. There was such fierce persecution at this time. Because they were blaming the Christians. For this generational worship that has now ceased. Because of the one they worship. Jesus Christ. So they were in fierce persecution here. So he's saying, watch, be awake. When we were traveling, driving, bitch was driving. Thank the Lord for that one. You can t- ask my wife about that. Because as we were talking, all of a sudden, I was like, I'm doing bobbing for apples. I'm just practicing, you know, bobbing for apples. The next thing I know, I wake up, and they're kind of chuckling. And I go, what? Because you were sleeping. It's like, nah, I was in deep theological thought. I was meditating and, and praying a little bit, and it's like, no, man. You cannot snore and pray at the same time. That's, unless your snore is speaking in tongues somehow. I don't know, but maybe. But you know what? I fell asleep, and I totally missed out on what was going on. Totally missed it. We need to be awake and aware of our surroundings. Mark 13, 33, 37. Going to be throwing some scriptures out here. But it's gonna, these seeds are going to be sown inside of you deep. Take you heed. Watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. For the son of man is a man taking a far journey. Who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And to every man his work he commanded the porter to watch. Watch you therefore. For you know not when the master of the house comes, even at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. We need to be awake. We need to watch and be aware of our surroundings. So, Remember the story with uh, Jesus and the disciples. They're in the garden. Like, listen, this is one of the most pivotal things, not only in history, but in these people's lives. These disciples' lives is one of the most pivotal things that ever took place. And what happens? So important what's going on right now. And what happens? They're doing the holy nod. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, at least they're agreeing with the Lord, even when they're sleeping. But they fell asleep. So this is what Jesus said. He said, couldn't you watch with me for at least an hour? He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's a powerful principle right there. Watching and praying will help prevent us from moving into temptation. Well, what do I mean by temptation? Yeah, temptations, we always think, you know, temptations and this and that. But temptations to hide Christ from people. From hiding our testimony of him to people. So, I want to propose this because of what Jesus said. Jesus still would have been crucified, But the outcome for the disciples could have been very different than them denying and running away scared. Think about the pressure and the persecution that they were under and that they were facing here. It was extremely violent and volatile. But had they stayed awake and prayed, the results for them could have been very different. Didn't Jesus say that? If you would have stayed awake and prayed, you would have averted temptation. What would have followed after that? I don't know, but they wouldn't have run. They would have stood there when the little girl said to Peter, I know who you are. He goes, yes, I am. But instead, he shrunk back in fear. I don't know him. Are we denying Jesus in our daily walk? Do people know that we belong to him? Or do we run scared and we don't want to be recognized with him? To avoid this, we need to stay awake, pray, and be ready. So this is just an example. This is about only about a week ago. This is, this is embarrassing. And I had to repent of this, but I was rushing about. I'm the one that does the cooking at home only because I love it. My wife's actually a really very good cook, but I do it with... Extreme zeal and passion. I love it. Because I like to cook how I like to eat. It's hard to find that in restaurants. But anyway, I'm rushing about. I'm at Thrifty Foods, and I'm, I'm running into the store. I'd gotten off work, so I'm in my work clothes, and I'm, you know, thinking about work, and I got to get home, and I got to, you know, we're busy. We got a, you know, family. I mean, beautiful family sitting right here. The only... Um, child that I don't have right now and that's his seat right there is Judah Judah is in Montreal right now but we'll call him in in Jesus name he'll be playing keys up here worshiping the Lord writing being a psalmist so I get in the store I quickly get what I need I run in outside get into my van and I'm backing up and you know you do the check right you do the check didn't see anyone so I start pulling out, and all of a sudden, I hear this tyriad of F-bombs and, I mean, you name it. I was like, wow, that guy's got to be a sailor or something. So I stop, and I roll down the window. I said, hey, what was, what's going on? He goes, you, you saw me there, and you purposely tried to hit me. And I went, what? And I said, listen, man, do you really think if I saw you, I would actually purposely try to hit you? And he went, oh. No, I guess not. Hey, man, I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. I got to go. And I, pile, and I get out and I'm going, I'm going, man, that guy's got problems. Right there, the Lord said, you had an open door to tell him about me. You could tell this, you know that saying, hurt people, hurt people. He was so hurt inside and I saw it, but I was so busy that I saw it, but I ignored it because I was too busy trying to do what I needed to do instead of doing what was needed for him. So you can be so busy and rushing about. It's the same as sleeping. We miss out what is right before us. Don't become so busy that you miss those opportunities to tell someone about the gospel. Jesus is coming at any moment, and we need to bring as many people with us as possible. Now, for verse 7, I love this translation, the Moffat translation. I love this. I want to get a shirt that says this. Steady then, keep cool, and pray. I love that, eh? Keep cool, pray. Verse 8, and above all things, have Fervent love amongst yourselves, for love shall cover the multitude of sins. So fervent being hot, burning intensity. But in the Greek, it means to to have constant action by reaching out your hand. That's what fervent is. Constant action of reaching out with your hand. Action, reaching out. 1 John 3.18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but love in deed and in truth. This word deed is the word ergon, and it means putting to action, energy, and work to something. So what the Lord is saying is that we need to constantly work it. We need to constantly work that love. Just not speaking, oh, Jesus loves you, brother. And we walk away. It's like the the guy that's hungry. Oh, bless you, brother. And we walk away, and we don't give them what they need. So it's a constant action of stretching forth and acting out in love. So our fervent love is putting our love in constant action by stretching out our hand, not only to one another in the church, but those who don't know Jesus. This word fervent, this is powerful when I saw this. The word fervent is only used one other place in the New Testament, and it's Acts 12.5. So let me give a quick background. So James, the brother of John, was just beheaded by Herod. It was like a quick, it just, it happened so fast, the church didn't even have a, a chance to respond. And Herod saw it and goes, oh, you Jews like that, do you? So he went and he seized Peter and threw him into prison. So this is where we're at right now. So Peter, therefore, was kept in prison by prayer, but... Let's go back. I'm getting too excited. I just love teaching. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. That word without ceasing is that word fervent. So their continuous, fervent, without ceasing prayer of stretching forth their hand of prayer caused God's hand of deliverance. The reason for this word being used here is that it was a desperate situation. He only had a few hours to live. That's why they employed that word there, that fervency of reaching out. And constantly reaching out, Lord, deliver him, set him free. They didn't stop. Don't stop. Parents, don't stop. Keep reaching your hand out in prayer for your kids. Don't stop. Keep reaching. To reach takes effort. To put out your hand doesn't take any effort, but to reach you're using everything inside you to grab or to do or put to action what needs to be done. So they didn't let up or give up. This is the intensity and fervency that we are to love one another and to reach out to our world. So let's just for, look at what happened here when he, when he got delivered. So... Peter, as this fervent prayer is going out, hours before he's going to be executed. He's in a a cell, chained to a guard here, chained to a guard there. He had a guard on each arm, and then two guards outside the cell. Then there's three more gates before you can even get out of the prison. And each one of those gates had four soldiers guarding it. So what happens? In the prison, the light shone. The angel walked up to Peter, hit him on the side, and said, arise, awake, because he was asleep. And when the angel said, awake, the chains fell off. The constant, fervent action of prayer and love is going to wake the world up to their deliverance the constant fervent prayer towards the church is going to wake the church up that they have deliverance there's a difference the world needs to come to it the church needs to be awakened that they have it so that they can execute it and reach their hand forward So in the midst of persecution and suffering, they employed the continuous power of fervent prayer. Have you ever been behind a slow driver? Don't talk to my father-in-law about that. Have you ever been behind a slow driver? And there is absolutely they're oblivious to what's going on around them. They're not aware, they're not awake, and there is definitely no urgency whatsoever. They're at the light, they could have gone 20 cars could have gone, and you're sitting there, and now there's a traffic jam behind you. Because they're being laxadaisical, not aware, and there's no urgency, it backs up the flow of people going through the green light. the light is green. Don't hold people up from getting to the gospel before it turns red. Amen? Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Love passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Love surpasses knowledge. Love is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height that stretches out and fills. (laughs) I'm getting caught on here. So, what good is it? For me, I love, I love words. I love studying. I love all that. But at the end of the day, how is that going to bring life to somebody, really? Maybe someone, if I write a peer-reviewed paper and talk to another apologist or something, he might go, oh, I feel the anointing on that. But maybe not even then. <laughs> but it would be like me coming to someone. And I'm going to read it because it's so ridiculous. The hermeneutical exegesis of this diatribe concerning the eschatological framework of the revelatory exposition of John will reveal the need of the propitiation of your sins. (laughs) What is that? Like, come on. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Do you know what's going to reach people? You know what, man? Jesus loves you deeply. And he wants to come into your life and change it. You say that with heart and meaning? You don't need that type of knowledge. You just need the love stretching out to impact. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It doesn't say knowledge breaks the yoke. 1 Peter 4, 9. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability of God which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever. And ever, amen. So if you remember, maybe not a few weeks ago, but in chapter uh, 1 Peter 1, 6, it talks about manifold temptations. That word there, that manifold temptations, is the exact word in 1 Peter 4 about the manifold grace. As many temptations that come your way, there is as many and more works of grace to combat and to strengthen you against those temptations. He never leaves us or forsakes us or leaves us without strength. Amen? So whatever gift you have received is vitally, listen to me. Sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. I want you to hear this, please. Your gift is vital. Whatever that gift is, like honestly... And I'm not trying to be stupid, but if it's playing tiddlywinks and you're a child of God and anointed, it's gonna do something. Whether you change a light bulb, whether you stand up here, we're all the same bricks. We're all going towards the same goal and vision. And we need everyone, otherwise, there's gonna be holes in the wall. We're all the same bricks. So your gift is vitally important. Here's a real-time example. Last week, awesome service. Pastor Bish is up here just laying it on the line, teaching. I'm sitting in the front where Anthem is, and all of a sudden I feel a tap on my shoulder, and and a lady hands me a note. So I'm reading it, and I go, okay. This lady got a word of knowledge about someone that is going through excruciating pain in their body. Okay, so I hold on to it because Pastor Bish is preaching and I mean, scripture says to do things decently in order god's just not gonna i'm not gonna stand up oh hey a, a, a woman had a word we need to do this now no god does not do that that's why that lady who gave me the word she was sensitive in the spirit she came to me gave the word and even at the top says this is what i'm sensing but if you don't do anything with it that's okay that's so gracious Fifteen minutes go by, someone else comes to me from a different part of the church with a note saying the exact same thing. So two people had a word of knowledge while Pastor Bish is preaching. So I'm holding on to this, waiting for the right time to give it to him to, to, to see whether or not he feels it's appropriate to engage in it or not. So... Just as he was going to be giving the altar call, I stepped up and I handed him the notes and he set it down. He he kind of looked at it there and he gave the altar call. No one lifted their hand. But during the altar call, another man in the congregation felt, you know what, I need to go to the back of the church. So this man in our church is standing at the back of the church while Pastor Bish is giving The altar call, even though Pastor Bish didn't see anyone lift their hand, the guy that felt to go back there saw someone do the Tyrannosaurus Rex move. (laughs) But he caught it. The guy he saw lift his hand is the guy that he brought to church and he got saved that morning. So two ladies got a word of knowledge. Then another man in our church had a word of knowledge that he needed to go back to the church. And as Mel came up and she actually gave the word of what God told her that about someone with excruciating pain, it was the guy that got saved. You cannot make that stuff up. That is the power of the giftings flowing within a body decently and in order. And I'm telling you, we're going to see that. We've seen, can't even say a lot of those were gifts in the disorder and chaos. God is not in chaos or disorder. We're going to see a move where there's such honor and respect to the spirit of God. There'll be more miracles that break out that we won't even be able to count. Because there'll be a reverence. There'll be an order and a decorum that, that the world will go, I want that. So, I realize that the gifts tend to scare some people, and I, I get that. But, it's because there's been misappropriation of those gifts. But misappropriation doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means they've been executed improperly. We're seeing that change. Let me, uh, let me explain something. Um, before we before we got like two verses and then we're going to we're going to wrap it up about the gifts flowing from us do you remember the story where jesus saw the fig tree at a distance at a distance he saw this fig tree luscious leaves just blowing and waving in the wind hey jesus i'm over here can you see me i'm so beautiful and look at me and jesus went yeah i see you i'm hungry So it says he happily went over to the tree. (laughs) You like that? I think he would have did a little more cooler than that. I mean it's Jesus. He walks up to the tree. What did he do? It said he looked past the leaves, trying to find the fruit. The fig tree, the fruit grows before the leaves. In Revelation, it says, The leaves on the trees are for the healing of the nations. The leaves represent the gifts. Jesus was looking past the gifts, looking for the fruit. The leaves spring from the fruit. The fruit does not spring from the leaves. So if there was just leaves, people could come. They could get the healing properties from those leaves. But it's the fruit that nourishes and gives people sustenance in life. That is the only thing that will sustain people. And that's how important it is. He wants both, but we can't put the cart before the horse. And it's not like, well, I got to wait till my character is, you know, really mature. Well, <laughs> you're going to be 95 years old and still growing. Don't wait. Your fruit is going to develop as you Reach out. That's the only way. It's in even the mistakes. And learning from it. That's the only way we will grow. Fruit first. Then flows the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another three, the word of knowledge... By the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing. I'm prophetically declaring this as well as I'm saying this. By the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all of these work that one in the self-same spirit Dividing to everyone, not one, not here, only. Dividing to everyone as he wills. 1 Corinthians 14, one, Follow, run swiftly after love, and desire, burn with zeal spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy the Christian life and service is marked and is evident by being awake, alert, urgent, and fervent, putting it all into action. It's by action of these things. Having an urgency, knowing that Christ is coming back soon. If we had that urgency, we'd be waking up, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Not only ministering to my own family, What do you want me to do? We need to have that intentionality. There has to be an intent behind it. Don't keep thinking, well, I keep making mistakes and I I don't know. The Lord doesn't care about that. Don't let that stop you. Don't let the condemnation and the guilt stop you from reaching out. We're always going to have stuff we need to work on. It's the enemy that would try to stop your hand from reaching out. So, I encourage you this morning be awake, be aware, have urgency, have fervency, and let your gifts flow. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com and remember that we can make a difference by loving people.